Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, Hollywood accents and the worst words. It's a very difficult job um, because you have to have a patient ear. Like what I do is listen to one sentence over and over and over and over and over, break it down, and then teach a celebrity who may not, may or may not be in the mood to learn it. In Judas and the Black Messiah, he's playing a... A, a, a historical figure who it was vital that we got it perfectly. So I was giving him notes after every take. This way, we're not just stereotyping. We're not making assumptions about the way other people speak because the way you speak is a pretty intimate, personal thing. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It helps out the show. And more than anything, We really just like hearing from everyone. It's so interesting to hear what people think about the guests we talk to, the topics we discuss, and the top fives. So if there's anything you want to say, we are all ears. Leave us a comment on the app that you're listening to on social media, or we have a voicemail set up, 316-519-7719. So our first guest has worked on major Hollywood movies from Nope, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Dirt. The list just goes on and on. And what she does is teach actors how to sound more like the characters that they're playing. And she does that by teaching them specific accents. She specializes in different regional American accents, but she has taught people how to speak over 70 different accents. This is Hollywood dialect coach Audrey Lacrone. Is this something that you set out to do, or is this something that you kind of found yourself in? It's kind of an amazing journey for each dialect coach because there's no degree of a dialect coaching degree. There's, there's, you can't really study it per se in, in a university or something. Um, I was trained as an actor, and so I have an acting degree, and I was also uh, an English tutor. So I would mostly teach adults or graduate students uh, from other countries ESL. So I would teach English as a second language. And I loved that. And I also loved acting, but acting wasn't paying the bills. So I started um, answering tutoring calls from 
doctors from other countries who weren't able to speak clearly enough for their patients to understand them. And so I was like, oh, I think I could do this. And I did the whole fake it till you make it thing. So I read a bunch of books, um, <laughs> tried out different things and basically combined my acting experience with the tutoring, with, with teaching English. And so that I started out doing that maybe eight years ago. Is that the common path that other people in the industry would kind of find that this is a thing that they just found themselves in? Or is there like a dialect coaching school somewhere that most people go to? A lot of dialect coaches are actors, actors turn dialect coaches. And even if they're linguists, they have some sort of acting background oftentimes, or maybe there's not, but everyone I know has some sort of basis in acting because it's not just linguistics. It's the study of how to put a voice in an accent, how to embody it artistically. So when you teach somebody something, like, is it a muscle memory thing? Are you trying to, no, put your tongue to the left side? Like, is it, how do you even teach somebody? I teach with a variety of methods. Everyone learns differently. Some people do react really well with like, okay, do this with your tongue. Other people um, do well with listening and repeating, uh, imitating whoever voice model they, they resonate with. Um, some others do well with imagery, like imagine a balloon sitting in your tongue uh, and we have all the space uh, 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 in the mouth. That's what's so fascinating to me about it. Like, I don't really think about the way that I speak or why I speak the way right. or what's even happening in my brain or my mouth. Is it a hard thing to teach people? Let me ask you this. Can you do any other accents? Governor? <laughs> Not... Yeah. Have you ever put on a bad British accent? I, yeah. I guess I've tried. I can't think of anything... Yeah. That's what's weird. Like, if you hadn't asked me that question, I could probably do it. But as soon as I think about it, no idea what to do. It's very, very difficult. So any actors that you see doing an accent in a movie, just know that their load of work has doubled by doing an accent. It's incredible. Do you have people, like, how long will it take, right? Let's say on average, you got somebody comes in, they want to do this. Like, how long does it take you to get somebody to be able to do it? This is the million dollar question. Some, everyone is different. Again, some people are parrots and they are the lucky ones. They're gifted a great ear and they won't take very long at all. Those are the people who you'll be like, hey, do a British accent. And they're, they're suddenly talking like this and they're like, I've never even heard a British accent and I can do it. And, and it's like, wow, you, you have a great ear. And those people will take a couple sessions and they'll get it. Um, other people, normal people, anywhere from a month to years. Yeah, I would imagine it depends on it, right? Like some things are just a little bit different. Especially if, if English is not your first language and you're learning an American accent or whatever other accent in English, if English is your second or third or fourth language, it's going to take longer. Now, does that have anything to do with the quality of the actor in the sense that like, look, if they're a good actor, they're probably going to pick it up fast. No, it's their ear. In some respects, it's just you're good at some things and you're not good at others. I mean, when you say good actor, that's also subjective. You know, some good actors are really good at 
transforming themselves like a, a Meryl Streep type. And, and we don't recognize her from one movie to the next. Other actors play the same person every movie and we love them. So like, wh- where, did, where do you find that most people are generally struggling? Um, a lot of people can get the accent, but I think one of the hardest parts is learning how to go from, make that jump from it being a technical thing to it being embodied, it being part of the character. So if you see someone doing a bad accent or doing an accent and it's like, ooh, that, I don't really believe that person doing that accent, then they haven't, they haven't bridged that gap yet. They're, they're doing the accent. I don't know what accent I'm doing, but <laughs> they're doing the accent, but they're not really, um, it hasn't become part of their character yet. That makes sense. I guess I think about it in terms of like, you could teach someone how to shoot a basketball, but that doesn't mean they're going to make it. Or you could teach someone how to do some dance steps, but it may not be wonderful to watch them. They may not be an artful dancer. Do you have people then? Like, like I know people who just, you, you could show them stuff about dancing all their life. Like, do you have some people that like this, you, you just can't do it? Yeah. How many, like, what percentage would you say is like, look, it's just not happening for you? <laughs> um, I, I am an optimist. In, in every sense of the word. So I can't even, my brain won't allow me to make a percentage. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm always like, yes, you can do it. I'm like the, the, the coach. It's like, yeah, I believe in you. We can get this. It might take 10 years. But, but we one can do day it. they're going to get it. Yes. Well, I guess, okay. Would it, is that normal, unusual, or like unusual, but it does happen? I guess that would be either might be unusual so it's, it's not not that not that unusual. i know what you mean right like one out of ten or two out of ten yeah. like it doesn't happen a lot but yeah. it does happen yeah exactly yeah it definitely happens when somebody kind of starts like walk me through what the process would be like you start with somebody what do sure. you guys kind of do sure absolutely so first i let's say let's say we're working together and we're going to change your accent into something else first i would just have you imagine, or actually we're going to think about the American accent, the way you speak currently. You're, you have like a general American accent, right? Where are you from? Kansas. You're from Kansas? I'm from Kansas. Are we about to be best friends? Where, where are you from in Kansas? Uh, near Salina. I'm from Wichita. No way. Okay. Now you got to say what, because, okay. For people who are listening to this, like what the hell is going on here? It's a Wizard of the Oz reunion. Wichita and Salina are about an hour away. Yeah. So So I'm from like 20 minutes north of Salina in a town called Bennington, Kansas. Okay. And for everyone else who's listening, if you're from the south and you're going to Colorado, that's where you turn left. If you're from the north and you're going to Colorado, that's where you turn right. Okay. All right. Let's... <laughs> that's no, where wait I come. a minute. So I grew up in 316 area code. Are you 316 or 785? Hmm. Changes my whole world. Isn't that crazy? This this is amazing. You never meet Kansans. They stay in Kansas most of the most of the time. (laughs) Like, yeah, I have been told though at times because I came from news and I would hear this that I drag out my vowels and can sound southern. I don't know Mm. what that means, but okay, but like. If you were teaching me, so to speak, or what, or teaching somebody, like where would we? Okay, okay. So I, if I'm teaching you to just be aware of your voice and maybe to change the way you're speaking, first of all, 
Um, the way that you're speaking currently is with our perfect Kansas accent, obviously. <laughs> um, but if you think of a balloon sitting on your tongue, okay, uh, it carves out this space, and that puts the placement of your voice right in the middle. Uh, 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 uh. So if you were to make a thinking sound, you would say, um, um, probably, right? How do you think? What's Don't your sound? Think. Uh, it, I, my mouth, it feels right go. in the middle uh, of my mouth. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so we start with the imagination there and some awareness, some physical awareness. Uh, uh, I, oh my God. Like if you do it though, like, uh, right in the middle, uh, if you move your tongue around, it does sound a little bit different, doesn't it? Exactly. What if you had, um, what if you just brought some awareness into your lips? How would that change your, uh, sound? Oh, like I'm thinking, I don't think. Maybe round your lips a little bit or just uh, tense them up. Oh, my lips are like that tingly feeling. Like when you go to the dentist cool. and they like turn, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like that, like sandpaperish, mm -hmm. or you sit on your arm too long. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. I can feel it in mm -hmm. my lips. So that change of placement would be the first step to changing your accent. So if you wanted to speak uh, with a French accent, let's say, or, or we said British earlier, um, um, I would think about my lips, tensing them slightly, and I would think about taking that middle placement and bringing it forward. So my um would go, um, yeah. um. I may be one of your students that could potentially just never get it. Well, here's the thing. If you are afraid of failing, you won't get it. Oh, that's true. If you're willing to make stupid sounds and you're willing to just try, great. Okay. You can do so it. I do, what, okay. I put it in the front of my mouth. Um, yeah. So think about it in the middle again. Feel that middle. Um, uh, um, uh, uh -huh. And now bring it forward. Um, uh, it's hard. Uh, 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 maybe think about it on the teeth. I, um, I do feel like when I talk normally, like my tongue is very close to my top teeth. Is that, mm -hmm. I don't know if that means anything or not. Um, I feel like I got it right there. Um, there you go. Um, um, your tongue is also not going to have that carved out concave shape, uh, 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 but instead it might be a little bit more forward. So even, even uh, for instance, I've had a client before on a movie where uh, she was British and she was speaking in an American accent. But um, you could still you could still hear her forward placement, so you can kind of maybe hear how my voice yeah. has changed a bit. So it sounds less American, maybe. It does. To me, sounds it does. like a British person who's lived in but America still, for a long time. Yes, exactly. I'm speaking with my American accent, but with a British placement. I always think of that line from Game of Thrones where the guy's like, "Oh, I recognize that accent. I've gotten rid of it. I recognize when people have tried to get rid of it too." Um, let's try one that's very different from your own way of okay. speaking. Uh, let's try a, a British RP accent. Receive pronunciation. That's like fancy British. I'm nervous. Um, I'm nervous so, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's say that you are going to speak with this British accent. Okay. We, we, we're going to try like an old school British accent. So... If we think about our American being right in the middle of our mouth, ha, uh, 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 and we think about the 
British being all the way out here. So before we were talking about the lips, but what if it was here, like where my hand is all the way out in front of my mouth? Okay, so you're going to try something and we're not going to be afraid to fail. Okay. It's okay to fail. So um, give me a British phrase. What have you heard? I'm cracking under pressure. Um, all I can say is put the car in the car park. Like the, the Boston thing? Is that thing Boston? That people, <laughs> that when people say Boston? Oh, no, they say the Harvard uh -huh. Yard. Um, I can't think of anything <laughs> okay. British. Yeah. Shrimp on the Barbie? Let's do a cup of tea. That's Australian, isn't it? Is that... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say, um, would you like a cup of tea? Okay. Okay, so try it thinking about all the way, coming out all the way front. Would you like a cup of would tea? Would you like a cup of tea? Cool. Okay, so right now you were like coming up here into your nose because you're afraid of doing it wrong and you're trying to get it right the first time, but... Don't worry about it. Try Would it you like a cup of tea? I yeah. Now put your hand flat out in front of your face and try and make the words hit that hand. Would you like a cup of tea? Cool. Now bring your resonance back down into your belly, meaning um, we don't have to talk up here, but uh, ha, 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 you can talk in your normal voice. Would you like a cup of tea? You got higher. I don't know what resonance means. <laughs> We're like singing it out. No, try it. Try it low again. Ha ha ha. Would you like? Would a cup you of like tea? a cup of tea? There you go. That's better. I felt that mm -hmm. like that was actually better. I'm just picturing my hand, but I tried to go like Barry White. Like, would you like a cup of tea? There you go. See, now from here, you've got the placement. You've got. You've got the target where your voice is going. Now it's about playing around with it. Doing an accent is very, very tedious. So the more you can make it playful and fun, the better. That's a lot. Like, I have to think about that so hard. Like, I don't understand mm -hmm. how somebody could act and do that at the same time. Yeah. Now imagine having to do an emotional scene where your mother has died and you have to have these real sad heartbreaking emotions and still be like oh mother i'm so sad like and not just think about the accent would you like a cup of tea <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that is tough because you're essentially like how do i not be myself and not sound like myself at the same time but still have genuine emotions yeah I can see why people would struggle with that so much to really do that. You can see why all the Oscar winners are doing accents. Right. <laughs> right. Because you're like, really oh, kind that's of. That's a lot harder. Well, you are transforming them. I could see that mm -hmm. on one hand being very, very difficult. On the other hand, making it easier because you're not being yourself anymore. You can actually be somebody completely different. Yeah. So is the goal then to like get them to the point where they're not even they're not even thinking about it? It's muscle memory. Yes. Um, and then sometimes, sometimes even then, they'll slip into their own when they're not even realizing it. Yeah. 
So it's something that you just constantly have to be aware of. And that's why it is easier to have me on set as a security blanket to be like, yeah, you got it. Yeah, somebody to kind of just reassure if for nothing else to be like, no, mm -hmm. you got that one. I tell people I have a I have a patented thumbs up. <laughs> Where's the dialect coach? She's just sitting back there with her thumb up like she always is. Now you're going to have a whole new appreciation. I really hope she honestly do, right? Like how difficult that is to kind of. Well, it's one thing. I feel like I can do it when I don't think about it at all. But then mm -hmm. as soon as you think about it, you're like, how the hell do I do this? Right. And so then if you have lines to say, or if you're not an actor, if you have a, a speech to make, something like that, if you have your sales pitch to make, then you have to think about it. Right. Where mm -hmm. he's like, I can mm -hmm. you still pick it up. Do people? Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay, is it kind of, I think, in terms of, you know, mathematical or physical or things like that, like, is it, is, for most people, is it generally the same? Like, whatever accent, oh, you want to speak German, put your tongue to the left side, everybody goes to the left side. Like, is everybody's kind of process exactly the same, or do you have to, like, experiment with people? Oh, I definitely yeah. experiment. Yeah. For some people, just this um trick doesn't even work. So then, okay, when... How does the kind of the process work? Did, does the studio contact you? Do they usually kind of, does an individual actor usually contact you? Or how does this work? It depends. My job is very random. So sometimes the studio will contact me um, and I'll work with, uh, I can work with actors remotely or on set. And then other times people will go through my website and those often are non-actors as well. So I work with, business professionals of all different industries. And then also it'll just be word of mouth. So someone reached out to me today saying, Hey, I got your number from blah, blah, blah. Are you free? When you get the private people, like, are they just trying to be understood or do they feel like, look, if I can sound more American, my career, my life, social life, whatever will change. It depends. Sometimes it is that. And so I always start our lessons with, listen, there's nothing wrong with the way you speak. Everyone has an accent. Everyone has a way of speaking. And, and the accent that you have, whether it's American a regionalism of America or somewhere else, it represents the rich cultural heritage that you come from. It represents the beautiful language that is your first or second language. And that's something to be proud of. And that's something that's incredible and part of you. So I never say that we're, we're reducing an accent or taking something away. We may be adding an American accent. And then I always try to make it so that they can turn on and off an American accent or whichever accent, uh, like putting on a mask and taking it off. Can people go back, though? Like if they're on a movie set, if they've been practicing for a long time, can they go back? Especially if it's a dramatic change. Yeah. Yeah. You can take it on and, and or put it on and take it off. Now, I, I'm pretty adamant with that because actually I kind of grew up with more of an accent. And so when I went to acting school uh, in Oklahoma City, I got that sort of trained out of me. And so I can I can go back to it a little bit. And I haven't spent the time, honestly, to analyze it and relearn it. But I can't naturally go back into my my accent from growing up when i want to unless i'm drinking between us unless, unless i'm drinking <laughs> then i'm like hey <laughs> then everything changes right then it switches right around yeah um, then people are like where are you where from like the midwest yeah. <laughs> the plains the great plains 
<laughs> yeah, you can't hear the Kansas when you get in there. But the Midwest is supposedly not the one that, like, I guess I always hear, like, that's the one that doesn't have an accent. But I also interviewed a linguist one time who said, no, Midwest does have an accent. It's just that the early famous broadcasters were all from the Midwest, so they thought that was how people spoke. Um, are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. The big obvious one, right? Hardest accent to work with. And we're not we're not bagging on cultures or anything like that. But what country culture generally seems to have the hardest time transitioning to an American accent? I think oftentimes it's more of a question of exposure. So if I am, for instance, born in the UK, I'm going to grow up watching American TV and American movies, listening to American media all the time. Um, so I'm more likely to be able to get an American accent easier because I've heard it. If I've grown up in, in Bangkok, I may not have consumed so much American media. It may be more difficult. Um, so I would say cultures or people who have less exposure to American accent all through growing up, it's going to be harder. So it almost doesn't matter where they're from. It's just if they've heard it before and kind of. Yes. Yes. Because any, any other answer that I'm thinking of right now, um, I'm thinking of exceptions. Like, oh, well, maybe I was like, well, maybe a Japanese accent. And I'm like, nope, I know someone who has a perfect American accent who lives in Japan. And then I was like, oh, maybe a French accent. Nope. I can think of someone who has a perfect American accent who lives in France. So, no. It's exposure and it's the person's ability. What's the hardest way, mm -hmm. like what's the hardest accent to teach someone? Like if you were going to teach them this one, what's kind of the hardest one? Like, oh, that's got a lot of intricacies to it. I don't, I also don't know if there's a hardest one because with any accent that I am teaching, I'm going to do a lot of research and I'm going to really delve in deeply and see, um, I'm going to try and, think of it as something that I've never experienced before, just so I don't have anything that's not covered, right? So I'm going to ask people about certain words or specific phrases, things like that. Um, I'm going to listen to a bunch of different voice samples to make sure that my perceptions are correct. So I treat every accent as a difficult accent, <laughs> basically. I, I can't, I wish I was smarter and could think of a better way to ask this question but I'm not. So like when you generally teach somebody the accent, are you kind of teaching them the real accent or like the stereotype of the accent? But the only thing that comes to mind right immediately, right, is like I think of a poo from The Simpsons, which is like the stereotype of an accent. Is Do you have to mm -hmm. kind of make sure that you're not, you're teaching it like, like, well, that's what, like, do you teach the stereotype or teach the real thing? I think the industry standards have completely changed over the last few years. So 20 years ago, someone would be like, yeah, I just teach like a general Indian accent. Now it's 2022. Things are different. So there's a lot more cultural sensitivity to that. I teach specific regions, specific city areas and specific uh, personality types. So if I have an actor coming to me with uh, trying to get an accent for a project, I'm going to have them work with me to figure out exactly who who works as a voice model. I like to have two or three voice models for them so that they can have someone else other than me to model their 
their characters sound off of. And it's a real person. This way, we're not just stereotyping. We're not making assumptions about the way other people speak. Because the way you speak is a pretty intimate, personal thing. Like, how specific then do you generally have to be? Like, look, I want you to have a Southern accent from the 1960s. No, that's a 1970s Southern accent. Like, are they looking for that kind of specificity on things? Mm, Sometimes, but I think it's whatever serves the story best. Sometimes it's nice to get that specific. Um, so for instance, let's use, let's use Judas and the Black Messiah as an example. I coached uh, most of the actors on that. Um, and so Daniel Kaluuya was playing Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton is a historical figure. He has this amazing, booming voice and is from a specific neighborhood in Chicago. Now, I listened to so many hours of the real Fred Hampton Um, And sometimes his accent and the way he he speaks is so um, neighborhood specific that it's not digestible for the rest of the U.S. So we had to we had to figure out um, exactly the spectrum between fact and fiction, between how he actually speaks and then how um, how we can form the accent to make the movie work. It could be so neighborhood specific that nobody outside of it understands him. Right. Now, when, when you do like work on a movie like that, are you on the set or are you just... Yeah, for that one, I was on set. Then how much mm-hmm. do they like, how how much are you working with them? Is it like after every scene you come up and like, hey, you should do, 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 do? Well, it, it depends. It depends. So, um, for instance, I worked on Nope, too. I don't, that's in theaters right now. Daniel has more of a general American accent versus such a specific sound. In Judas and the Black Messiah, he's playing a... A, a, a historical figure who it was vital that we got it perfectly. So I was giving him notes after every take. I was really tough on him. <laughs> and he and I work on the same, same wavelength. So I was like, yeah, we're going to be perfect. And he's like, great. Okay, <laughs> we got this. On Nope, his character doesn't speak as much. And it's more of a general American. Well, it's a, it's a California accent. Um, again, we did get very, very specific. Um, but... I didn't have to give him as many notes because it wasn't as hard. And if he did some things that were not exactly the way we planned it out, it was okay. When you do something like that, is that because, I don't want to use the word struggling, right? That doesn't seem to be the right word in that case. But like, do people mm-hmm. need that much? Like you've got to work on this all the time or you're going to lose it. Sometimes. I think, again, it comes down to that gift of the ear. If you're able to slip in and out of the accent easily, then yeah, you can do that. Um, if if actors are on set, it definitely behooves them to have someone there as a security blanket who's got their back. Because even if they're not able to get it, I can tell the script supervisor, like, hey, this this person didn't get it, this take, this take, this take, but they did get it, this take. That makes sense, right? Like they just messed it up, but they can't do it as opposed to like, hey, you got to yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. Or we made a voiceover on right. this scene. Right, like they're just, they can't say the word juxtaposition. It's not, it's not happening. Um, mm-hmm. Film, now you don't have to say person unless you want to get, unless you want to say people. Like we'll take all the gossip that you want to give us. But what film oh, no. would you say had the best accent? We're like, ooh, they did really well. Overall film or a person because it's best. I think people like compliments. Which one do you think was like, oh, they really messed up the accents in that one? 
like ooh. like dialect coaches or eyes are twitching over this movie um <laughs> that's that's the i uh, have the answer but i don't want to give it to you look <laughs> yes <laughs> that is correct uh i i i'll just keep it very personal in Judas and the Black Messiah, I did those accents, and they were great. Uh, Daniel won the Oscar for it. For other ones, you know, you be the judge. A lot of times, does it does it take you out of the story? Does the accent take you out of the story? And again, it's art, so it's subjective. So my answer doesn't necessarily have to be the end-all, be-all. Also, because I'm not going to share my answers. I've... <laughs> because I'm a nice, wholesome Kansas <laughs> girl. We've got manners. That's, that's the definite like. But there are some film. Okay, let me ask you. Maybe you can answer it this way. For okay. dialect coaches like yourself, do most movies get it right or do most movies annoy you? Um, Most movies, if there's an accent, I'm watching the accent. And it takes me out of the movie just because that's my job. Um, A lot of them are not annoying. But I'm I'm interested in seeing how the actor is using the accent. And a lot of times it's it's lovely. A lot of times it does work. And I'm amazed at someone's work and I look up the dialect coach afterwards. And I'm like, oh, that's great. They did such nice things. Are there a lot of dialect coaches or are there like? There aren't. There aren't. And, and sometimes they're not going to be listed after in the credits as well. Um, there are probably more now than there used to be. There used to be like this core group of dialect coaches. They're the, the OGs. And I was not part of that, unfortunately, but they, they worked on every single movie. <laughs> um, now there's more of us. Is that because they're just more popular or just more people have kind of figured out like, oh, I'm a, I, I can do this. Like maybe more both. needed and maybe more people both. are doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, again, with it being 2022, there is more cultural sensitivity. And so when a character is written to be from a certain place, they are going to probably invest in a dialect coach. How many? Oh, how many different dialects have you taught people? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I don't know. Because my method is doing more research, I don't make a list of like, I teach this accent and this accent and this accent. Um, I, if anyone comes to me and says, Hey, can we learn this accent? I say, um, maybe yes, possibly, but tell me more about what exactly you're wanting to do. And if you have any ideas about the dialect already or like voice models, favorite film you've ever worked on, uh, or Nope. When I did Nope, um, <laughs> that was not the most challenging film. But I had my own trailer in the desert with my own bathroom. And um, Daniel didn't have that many lines. So I was honestly, I was like hanging out in my AC trailer by myself. <laughs> Just surfing the internet. Right? It was awesome. Well, half the time the internet didn't work. So it was like, all right, what am I going to do with this time? This is Just great. Think about life, I guess. Yeah, it was, it, it came at a particularly hard time in my life. It was such a gift from the universe. I just had time to read and, and digest big life issues. It was, it was beautiful. Now, is this, is this financially rewarding? The way that I usually ask people this is like, are you closer to ramen noodles or mansions? Ha, um, no, I don't have ramen noodles, no. So yes, it is financially rewarding. Um, 
it may not be mansion inducing, but um, it's a very comfortable lifestyle and comfortable living. Like I figured you'd be doing kind of well, but it sounds like you might be doing better than I thought. Is that because there's just not that many people or like, no, this pays if you could do it? Um, it's a specialty position. It's a, it's a very difficult job um, because you have to have a patient ear. Like what I do is listen to one sentence over and over and over and over and over, break it down, and then teach a celebrity who may not, may or may not be in the mood to learn it. So it requires a great sensitivity to the subject matter and to the subject you're teaching. How close do they get in the sense that like, I guess, I'll, can I speak dramatically because I can't like find the right words to like, how can I ask this question without potentially pissing somebody off, right? Forgive me for the choice of words. Like, are you nitpicky or like, no, that's really not good enough. Like, look, I know you're trying to get to 100%, but this is only 99. Or are you like, all right, you know, you got 40% of the way there. It's close enough. I don't think that was really dramatic or offensive the way you asked that question, to be honest. <laughs> good job. <laughs> uh, good job. Um, it depends on the client. So some people don't care that much and some people do. I'm going to, I, I mean, I'm not performing it, so I'm not in control. I will help them the best of my, the best of my ability, but if it's also impeding their ability to act or if they're not an actor to run a meeting or something, then yeah, don't lose your job over it. It's if they're an actor, we can redo it and voiceover like, do your acting job, make sure it looks good because it is a visual art form and we can redo it later. We've done lots of voiceover. <laughs> Some movies are completely voiceover. I've always been fascinated by that. You can almost kind of tell a little bit like, ooh, can kind of tell, mm -hmm. but not completely. Yeah. Um, actor you didn't know wasn't actually American. Like, oh, because I can think of some people where, for example, uh, the guy from The Wire, Dominic West, no idea that he was British. Is there anybody that jumps out at you like, oh, I didn't, they were, they, like, I didn't even know that they weren't. Um, the last one, <laughs> the last one was not an actor. And I, I didn't know Drake was Canadian. <laughs> and I know Can Canadians don't really have that much of an accent difference. That's just what comes to mind. Did you know Drake was Canadian? Get him out of here. <laughs> right? The, well, I didn't know Ryan Reynolds was Canadian. Canadian, I feel like, it doesn't count, right? Canadian is American. It is. But that was that's the first thing that comes to Unless mind. Unless they say, like, <laughs> a or a boot, then I mm -hmm. Canadian is basically the United States. That's really all the questions that I have. Is there anything that you think that we missed? Or, like, or something that, like, ooh, you should know this about Hollywood dialect coaches? I don't know. I, I really love what I do. It's, it's such a cool job. I would imagine it is. And also to listen to how people speak, it's amazing. Um, it's, I feel very, very fortunate. It is fascinating, right? Like we have all of these differences in the cadence and the mm -hmm. patterns, the words, everything. Mm -hmm. It's something to celebrate. And I think also in this world where uh, everything is 
becoming a little bit more homogenous just because we all have access to the same media. I think it's something to celebrate the different way we speak. And I live in New Orleans now. The I was at the courthouse this morning for something and <laughs> I went through the little metal detector and they were like, spell your last name. I was like, L-E-C-R-O-N-E. And the, the sheriff was like, you're not from here. You have an accent. Where are you from? And I was like, God, that's awesome. You notice it right away with people, don't you? You can really notice quickly. Yeah, well, because here it's all, I was in Chalmette, Louisiana, which has a very specific yat accent, they call it. But to them, it's not an accent. That's the way they speak. So me as a northerner, I come in and they're like, well, you're not from around here. You speak really clearly. Not not clearly to them. It's, it's right. an accent. Oh, I missed this one. What is your personal favorite accent? Oh, probably some of them in Louisiana. In Louisiana here, Southern Louisiana, there's like a different accent every 10 miles. And it is so fun to listen to people speak. That's true. It's, it's incredible. What's your least favorite accent? As, as a dialect coach, when I listen to an accent, I listen so intently that you almost start to fall in love with it whatever it is. So even if you have a perception beforehand of like, eh, I don't really like this. By the end of listening to it, you're like, wow, I love the way they're like, oh, oh, instead of oh. Um, so I'm, again, kind of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I'm like, oh, I love this. If someone, if the subject matter is gross or, or bad or ugly, then uh, I think the tendency is to not like that accent. Right. So if that's true, there's a southerner saying something racist and awful. You're like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. accent. But it's more the content you're not liking, not the accent. That's true. I guess if somebody asked me, I feel like my least and most favorite are both Boston. Like, like I like it and mm -hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. What don't you like about it, though? Yeah, that's. I don't know. It depends on the movie. It's weird. Like, I've liked the accent. Do you not like it because it's a bad guy playing with that accent? That's exactly what it is. Actually, I could think of exactly mm -hmm. what it is. I don't like one of the actors who played a Boston character, and I do like another actor that played a Boston character. And I like hearing him speak it, but not hearing the other guy speak it. It's totally person. It's yeah. just the person. Yeah, and that's why this accent work is so, um, so personal. And that's why I think it's really important to get it right. Because you are representing a whole city or whole culture. How can people get a hold of you? All that kind of stuff. Call my mom. No. <laughs> Call her up. Where is she? Show um, up at your house. No, your I, I have a website. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at American Accent Coaching. And then my website is AAC American Accent Coaching. I want to thank Audrey so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And we've also included her information in the episode description. Real quick, I want to introduce you to a show that we just found and I find fascinating and entertaining. It's called Were You Raised by Wolves? Hey, everybody. I'm Nick Latham. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we're the hosts of Were You Raised by Wolves? Each week, we try to make the world a kinder, nicer place. Well, that's the idea, at least. I mean, we try. Have you ever wondered what to do if you're ghosted? 
Or what to do when a friend asks you to borrow money. Or the proper way to eat Cheetos. You know, the big questions. So please find Were You Raised by Wolves wherever you listen. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. All right, do your best accent impression. <laughs> yeah, once you have to think about it, it's really difficult. Like, you almost can't do it. Yeah, I'm not sure that I want to do it. I'm going to offend every culture that I try to try to uh, have an accent of. So I, I'm, I'm going to pass, I think. Okay, let, nobody's going to get offended. Just try it. Hello, mate. That's not that bad. I feel like Australian is probably the, that. That's what you were going for, though, right? Yes. Yes. Have a little shrimp on the barbie, mate. I feel uh-huh. like that's the, probably the easiest default for anybody to do. Do you have other ones though that you've tried to do and feel like it didn't come out the way that you wanted to? I mean, I can always talk like a country man. I love country music in ribs and barbecue sauce. I can't really do any. I yeah, I, I'm I'm not very good at accents. I guess I've never really tried though either. Maybe if I put a little effort into it. I guess there's no real reason to try to, like, fake an accent on a daily basis. I mean, why would I? Who is that supposed to be? That actually sounded kind of good. I have no idea. A Nordic Viking? Do you have an alias? Who's your alias? Uh, I don't don't have. Why would I have an alias? Why wouldn't you have an alias? Everybody has an alias. You've never had an alias? That you like, no. I'm not talking about like a legal alias. I'm talking about like you give people a fake name or something like that. <laughs> I mean, if I have to, my go-to is Jeff, just because it's John, four letters, but it's different. So You want to you keep it the, right. That's because there's always truth in a lie. Mine is Derek Witherspoon. <laughs> Wasn't he a basketball player? I have no idea. Okay, so this 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 brings up something then. Since you use an alias that is close to your name, how do you generally feel about other people who share the same name as you do? Like, how do you feel about other Johns? I, I can tell you, pro- the one thing that I will say is when I see another John, I go, yep, that's a John. And then I go, wait, do people look at me and go, he's a John? Yeah. Like, you look like a Nick, you know? But how many Nicks do you actually know? Like, most of the Nicks that I know are hit or miss. I mean, two of my best friends are named Nick, so. Right. But then two of your greatest enemies are probably. Unless you count you, then, yeah, you weren't one of the best friends. Oh, that's harsh. Oh, that's harsh. I only know (laughs) one or two other Nicks that I'd be like, yeah, those are good Nicks. Are you, okay, let me ask you this. Are you impressed or... Should I be, like, ashamed that I partied hard enough this weekend to throw up as an adult? I mean, I'm going to say impressed, but also, I mean, it's – I feel like you're you're not 40 yet, right? No. Once you hit 40, I feel like once you get to the other side of 40 and you throw up after a night of drinking, there could be something wrong. Mm, Yeah. You can't really throw up anymore once you pass the age of 40. For those of you who have never received a text message from Nick when he's drunk or getting in the mood or under the influence of something, okay, uh, his text. Thanks for clarifying that part. Co- come across <laughs> very, uh, can be very aggressive. I've become an aggressive texter. <clears throat> Just because I'm yeah. getting to it. I've reached an age where, like, I'm not mincing. Hey, how are you? How's it going? 
I'm getting right to the getting. Speaking of getting right to the getting, let's let's get to the getting. I had an accent question for you. Oh, okay. Are there any accents that just where you're just like, man, that is a sexy accent, and I love it. There can be something about a southern girl. Oh boy, I would All say right. that. Right, you got the right draw in there, like, or okay, I would say a southern girl. Or like a classy English woman. Those two would be the ones that jump out at me. I'm See, not really I'll, like. I'll you, agree with you on the classy English woman. Uh, I mean, give give me anything you know, Latino, Lat- you know, Latina, Colombian, Venezuelan. Uh, a man? Are you kidding me? That's uh, you know, that's even your French. style. Hmm. Yeah, that's my that's my style. Okay, are right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for. Shout outs. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll start off with Dominic Galagos, uh, Matias Hurtado, Filippo Bonfanti. I picked a lot of uh, easy you names to pronounce. You do pick all the hardest names that you can find, which I don't I, understand if that's on purpose or what you're doing. I'm just, you know, this podcast is about bettering yourself, and I'm trying to get better. Okay. Uh, Enrique Prince, uh, Quentin Ferris, Dylan Riker. Ruben Senju, Henry Bridgman, Tanner Wright, and uh, probably the best name, Super Chucky, Chucky Wright. Appreciate all of you for checking us out on social media. All right, uh, got a couple of uh, bangers for you. Uh, Bad breath or bad body odor, which one would you have to have if you had to have one of those? I don't have a sense of smell, so I don't know. Fuck, that's right. I always forget. How God. do you always forget that? Okay, fine. I will, uh, I'll wait, wait. Bad breath or bad body odor? Well, bad yeah. body odor, because I would imagine that body odor radiates in a 360-degree radius, whereas bad breath, you have to be directly in front of it. Yeah, I, I would say you you would rather have bad breath a thousand times than, uh, bad, than bad body odor. Okay. Um... Uh, my other question, piggybacking off of this, because I, I clearly don't know who you are as a person, was going to ask you, uh, bad teeth or bad fingernails? Well, bad fingernails. I don't look at people's fingernails. How often are you looking at people's fingernails? I mean, don't you, I mean, it's probably the second thing I look at are people's hands after looking at their teeth. But specifically their fingernail? You don't look at their eyes? You just go straight teeth, then fingernails? I mean, it's like a it's like a generic overview of the face with focus on the mouth, and then it's going to the fingers. Okay, so I'm gonna play psychologist here. What's with your fingers? Why are you looking at your fingers? Is that your well, jam? The, are you looking at I, finger porn? No, uh, is there even such a thing? I'm, I'm sure I mean, there is. I'm <laughs> sure there is. There's porn for every. There's categories there of porn for everybody. There is. No, I just. Uh, I mean, I've met, and I'm like we all have. Uh, I, I like a good kept cuticle. Okay. How do you feel I about do. my fingers then? They're good. They're actually, they're, you know, I only had a couple of things, uh, like prerequisites for my, uh, for, for my, my wife, you know, or any woman that I was going to meet. And one of them was hopefully not to have long fingernails. I do not do long fingernails at all. Okay, so on the John Shaw list of characteristics for a mate, where were fingernails on the priority? Are you going like number one 
is nice eyes. Number two, good fingernails. Like, where was it on the list of, like, if you were, where was it? If we're, if we're doing physical stuff only, it's uh, it's pr- easily top five, maybe top three. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what my wife's fingernails look like, besides the it, fact that they're fingernails. Like, I don't even think I've ever looked at them. I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. I get it's abstract. I understand that. I think a lot of people look at other people's toes and feet. I just happen to look at the fingers. That's your jam, man. However you, right? Finger porn, man. Is that what you're, you got screenshots of people's hands in your, in your spank bank? No, no. <laughs> I've never understood, uh, like foot fetish feet. If that's, if that's you, sweet, awesome. But that's, that's not my jam. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see the next one. Uh, would you rather walk around with a bad haircut or a bad hair dye job? Well, I mean, isn't it the same thing? No, man. But you're not I mean, going to look at somebody's hair and be like, wow, that's a great cut, but they shouldn't have dyed it orange. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. You've never in your life like uh, gone by somebody and, and, you know, man, the hair looks good, but that 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 guy really tried to get out his grays and now he just looks like a skunk. I don't notice these little things about people. I guess I'm just not as judgmental as you are. <laughs> I I mean I guess I guess it's uh you know, it's like hair plugs, man. I'm I'm kind of pretty critical of somebody's hair plugs. Like don't do not ask me how your hair looks if you have hair plugs. I will tell you my god honest opinion. Man, but you and I are knock on wood. We have been fortunate in that category. Yes. So yeah. my my personal opinion about hair is as long as it's there, I'm not saying anything about it. <laughs> We've mean, gone over how I can mentally control my hair. Have we not had this conversation? Probably 100 episodes ago. I, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. You want to give a refresher for our I, new listeners? Listen, I'm thoroughly convinced that I can mentally control my own hair. Like however I want it to look for the day when I get out of the shower, like I can just think about it. Like I want it to be a little puffy today. I want it to part it this way. Like, I can make it do what I want mentally, control my own hair. And my wife backs me up on this. She's like, he can. I can mentally control my own hair. What cool a story. superpower. Like, what if that was your superpower? Like, there's the X-Men are real and like, oh, you're a mutant. What's your ability? I can mentally control my own hair. Oh, can you, like, grow it out and grab stuff with it? Like, tentacles? Like, nope. <laughs> I can just move it around up there. That's uh I mean, once again, I'm not I'm not going to hate on if that's if that's a superpower that you want to have. It's not great, a superpower man. that I want to have. Great I nails. Mean, John John Shaw. What would your mutant I, name be? Your superhero name be if you had ooh. great nails? <laughs> I don't know, cuticle man. I don't even know. The cuticle? Like, the, oh, there we go, the cuticle. <laughs> or stumpy. You could, you could, you could be like the nailer, and then people would think like, "Oh crap, the nailer's coming," <laughs> and they, like, like, they think they'd be like really in trouble. And it's just like, no, I can just, con- I just, I have really nice fingernails. Yeah, I mean, it's important to me. So hopefully, okay. hopefully, all it's right. important all the way around. This is a man who cuts his nails twice a week. Yeah. Yep. Not even ashamed of it. How often do you bite them? Every day. 
I look like a biter. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Uh, so Who our gives? poll this week. Forget that completely. Of <laughs> just better edit that one out. Uh, so our poll this week, uh, the options were, uh, and I'm not going to go into explaining these except for the one that won. So uh, hot dog as a straw guy, MTV Music Video Awards, the emotional support alligator, or our favorite smoothie flavor. And uh, overwhelmingly, the hot dog as a straw guy won. So uh, just to give you a quick rundown of what it was, it was a, a man at, uh, I believe it was the New York Mets, New York Yankees baseball game about a week ago. Uh, video has gone everywhere. I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, it's 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 probably the most watched viral video of the week. But uh, what this guy does, and he does it so cold and calculated, uh, it looks like he's just doing it. Like he's not doing it. Uh, because he knows he's being filmed or whatever. But uh, he takes a straw, pokes, pokes, uh, starts at one end of the hot dog, goes to the other, basically makes a little tunnel through the hot dog, right? A little straw. Uh, th- puts that straw on the ground, the actual straw. Now he has a hot dog straw, puts it in his beer, and starts drinking the beer through the hot dog straw. Well, has anybody tried it? Because what if it's the greatest thing in the world? Like, it sounds stupid, but what if it's fucking amazing? I... I, I can well I, I've drank beer through a straw, uh, not a hot dog straw, but I can tell you drinking beer through a regular straw was pretty terrible. I don't think it would be any better <laughs> through processed meats. But hey, what do I know? But maybe he's a genius. Has anybody asked asked him what was going on? Has he been interviewed anywhere? Not not that I've seen. No, somebody's got but, it. What if he's? I mean, it seems like a huge waste of time. But what if it's amazing? And then I mean, we're all the idiots. I mean, he was methodical. Like you can tell that he's done. He's violated hot dogs like this before. Listen, so. there's the thing, right? Like you think that this is weird. I'm guessing. I don't know if I think it's weird. I, I think it's uh, telling of baseball that all year long you've heard nothing about baseball. You know that so and so is having a great season, or there was a fight at a stadium. I didn't even What's know they the- still played it. <laughs> exactly the amazing the... thing about that story is that someone went to a baseball game yeah and what's the story that like gets baseball gets people talking about baseball they're not even talking about baseball they're just talking about what happened at the game and it's some guy that decided to use a hot dog as a straw i mean it's like oh my god baseball take a take a hint so for people who may be listening to this and a little bit confused before john became a bandwagon formula one fan and before he became a bandwagon soccer fan, he was a bandwagon baseball fan. Coming so, from a guy who a decade ago now, it's already been a decade, wouldn't even watch football with me on Sundays, and now you're a super fan. It was like 20. and other things to do. Is that is that your whole deal? What is your favorite flavor of smoothie, though? Kind of traditional. I don't mind a good, like, I, I, I like a good blue raspberry, maybe a good cherry. I'm sorry, did you say chocolate? No, no. I mean, anything fruit is good. Banana, chocolate, banana. You know, I don't mind like a good cherry, like a good. But why wouldn't you just pick chocolate? I don't understand that. Or is that chocolate smoothies just a milkshake? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you know. I just couldn't go up to the counter and be like, rum raisin. And actually think that I would be taken seriously as a person. All right, let's try this. I'll be the cashier and you. And you, and you order something. Ready? Okay, here we go. Hi, sir. What can I get you today? Uh, what do you have? 
Uh, well, we have all kinds of smoothies. What are you into? Chocolate. Okay. Well, we have chocolate. We have vanilla. We have rum raisin. Would you like to try rum raisin today? No. Chocolate. Hey, Bobby, can you get a sample of rum raisin? Hold on, oh, sir. God. We're going to get you rum raisin. Have you ever had somebody try to convince you out of something that you really wanted, like at a restaurant? Like, oh, you shouldn't get that. No, not that I can remember, but I, I, I'm not a fan of where they kind of hover. And then they always get the wink, the weak link of the table to say, have you been here before? And you know they're going to say no. And then they give you the 10-minute spiel. I hate the conversation at restaurants. Like, I don't need you to talk to me. You know why I'm here. I'm not here to talk to you. <laughs> right? This is where I'm at in my life. Like, when I go to a restaurant, I don't want to read the menu. Just bring me something. <laughs> bring, like, bring me something like a – I like burritos. Bring me something like a burrito. I honestly don't even care what it is. I, I like to I like to take my time, read the menu, and uh, oh, pick out my favorite. God, it's end, endless to me, especially if it's a restaurant where I don't really like. Look, I'm not trying to bag on anybody, but when I go to certain restaurants, like I don't even know what the difference between all of these different things are. Just bring me something you think is good, and I'll, I'll try that. <laughs> I mean, my, my problem is with restaurants now is it's you know, and it's the way of the world, but it's. Why am I going to pay $80 for a meal that I could make at home for $5? Because it's I don't the have to experience. Deal with people. Yeah, well, it's the experience. Unless you're going to the Rainforest Cafe, there is no experience. Where is the Rainforest Cafe? There's two here in Michigan. Is that a real thing? Why is the Rainforest Cafe in Michigan? I don't know. They're both connected to, like, aquariums, too, which makes no sense. There's that many aquariums? How much water are you drinking? <laughs> Jesus. It doesn't matter. Are you that thirsty? I uh no, but I I'm pretty sure for the first time in my life I got dehydrated over the weekend. Like, You've never been dehydrated before? I mean not that I can remember. Not like this. I mean I had a I was like on the couch with an ice pack for a good hour. Um like I, I just I had a headache obviously. I, I felt terrible. I was clammy. Um so I'm. I, I took a lesson. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna make sure I drink enough water moving forward. I mean, as an Arizona, I former Arizona, and I should say I was dehydrated like every other day. That's just how much part of life is dehydration. Yes. It'll fucking kick your ass, though. I would say that of all the things that your body will let you know, like, hey man, you got to fix this now. Is number one breathing, right? Like if you go underwater, your body's gonna <laughs> let you know that it would like more oxygen. And drink water. Like, man, does your body let yeah. you know, like, buddy, you better fix this fast. Well, that that day I had started drinking around 11 a.m. And uh, nice had, had no water, was outside most of the day. And, uh, yeah, it just wasn't a good thing. So so you had a hangover? No, I'd, I, I, this happened the day of while I was drinking. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the yeah. hangovers, that's how hangovers work, too. Oh, another big gulp there. Big gulp. Hey, big gulp. Say, look, don't drink. Listen, don't drink too much water because then you flush out your sodium. That makes it worse. I don't know Anyways. if that's true or not, but that's what I just made up. Anyway, it doesn't sound real, but Doctor Nick, are you ready for our top five? Yes. <laughs> okay. What were you gonna say? Because it sounded like I'm gonna say something, and then you just bailed on it and went, "Yes." Well, I mean, our t- <laughs> our top. I mean, I, I. I I'll, I'll say it after you introduce the top five. Top five worst words. I mean, it's it's tough for me, but uh, I, I will start off with my number five. Uh, 
uh, jorts is will be my number five. Mm. I, I I I don't like the word. I think those are ridiculous. Everyone who wears them is ridiculous. Uh, there's no there's nowhere nowhere in um and in society for the word jorts. I find the word funny. I find people wearing jorts to be funny as long as they're doing it ironically or if that's just a style that a certain population can pull off. I don't like hearing frat guys say the word jorts. That's the only reason it bothers me because then you're being douchey about it. Other than that, I'm fine with it. Jorts, man. Gotta burn them. What's your number five? Meal. Meal? Meal. Just listen to that. Meal. All right. Uh, my, my number four is suck. Oh, yeah. I don't like that word either. I wouldn't put it on my top five, but I don't like the word. It just, it's it's like one of those words that's degrading without meaning to be degrading. Like, suck. You suck. Just, it's, it's, it's a sucky word. Now, do you consider it to be a cuss word? Because when I was little, suck was like a cuss word. You couldn't say that. No, no, I, I don't consider it to be a cuss word. Not at all, actually. All right, what's your number four? Bandwidth. Any of that kind of corporate lingo. Bandwidth, synergy, outside the box. Yeah, that's, uh, I like that. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Bandwidth, that's just, just pointless, right? It's just fucking say what it is, you know? Right. It's just a signal. Well, it's it's meaningless. It's a meaningless. It's words that have become meaningless. Like, let's just really try to shift the paradigm. What what does that mean? I'm a disruptor. Uh, my number three is dog stroller. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like if someone comes comes up to me and goes, "Hey, do you want to see my dog stroller?" I'm probably going to just push it out in front of a, a moving vehicle without the animal in it, of course. Right, right. Well, the person. It. I would actually be okay. Look, we're joking, obviously, people. Don't don't take this too seriously. But I would be okay if someone picked the dog out of the dog stroller and then pushed the person into the traffic. <laughs> like, we don't need that. That's fine. I mean, the, the, every, time I, I, every time I see one, every time I hear someone talking about it, it just it – just, infuriates me what if it's like an old dog that still likes to be outside though what if it's like a golden retriever nope dog in a wagon there's a person in my neighborhood who takes their golden retriever around the neighborhood in a wagon and this is a dog's old and can't walk okay make him walk he's old man the dog still wants to hang out take the dog around that's that's heartbreaking so what that is there's a guy also in my neighborhood who has a cat front pack Oh, right. boy. Right. Okay. The cat front pack is one of the worst emasculating things I've ever seen in my life. Let's just move on before PETA calls into the show. Uh, my number three is niche. 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 Because <laughs> I don't know how to s- s- pronounce it. You might as well put on there quiche, too. I know how to Any each word. No, I know how to say quiche. That's quiche. Yeah, you do. But quiche is disgusting. If somebody says we're having quiche, I'm like, no. <laughs> well, you are. I'm not. Niche. You are. Niche. Okay. Also, I have, but I have actually a tie, technically. It's niche, niche, whatever, because I don't know how to pronounce it, and hubby. Don't say hubby. I'm okay with terms of endearment like that. I'm all right with that. What do you call your wife again? Wubba? 
<laughs> yes, Nick. And I'm Hubba. <laughs> which is an off-brand of Hubby, I'm sure. Anyways, I'll be back in five minutes. I'm going to go throw up now. So wait a minute. You two are just sitting on the couch, and you're like, what do you want to watch, Wubba? And she goes, what do you want to watch, Hubba? This was more of uh, these these terms were kind of developed when we were younger, you know, when we, when we were still in love and, you know, setting each other, you know. <laughs> but you would te- be in the same room or like in a text message conversation and you would yeah. say something along the lines of like, Wubby, and she would go, what, hubby? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, like, hey, Wubs, what's going on today? Nothing, hubba. Well, wait, what? What I talk like she was the man, I was the woman. Anyways, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Wow. Just, just terms of endearment, man. Are, don't you have a nickname or something? For my wife? Or Yeah. No? Am I wrong? Yeah. But she doesn't then, like, rhyme it back to me in another way. I mean, whatever. We like to be, you know, symbiotic over here. I just can't imagine the two you just sit on the couch hey wubs hey hubs we don't we don't actually i don't remember the last time i called her wubs so okay well maybe, maybe i you should. should maybe you should tell your wife you love her right it's I never a bad know. idea to let somebody know how you feel about them maybe she should do anyways what uh here we go what's your number three? Oh, that was it niche okay slash niche. gotcha what's your number two uh the word dude oh i don't have a problem with that what's wrong with I, dude Hey, dude, 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 hey, dude, 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 dude. You say brother all the time, though. What's the difference? That's fine. You can hate brother. I'm going to love brother. I don't like when people are like, dude, hey, dude. I think it's disrespectful. I don't like when people say, you guys, you guys, look. Like, not, <laughs> not, in, not actually saying it, but when they write it, like, on social media posts. You guys, I got to tell you about this. Don't. Mm-mm. Back up, Brandy. What's your number two? Okay, my number two is very specific because it is not the word. It is the people who use the word, and that is panties. I don't want to hear other people say the word panties because it's usually some kind of creeper guy that's going to be like, look at her panties. <laughs> and Oh, I can't stand to hear people say that. I mean, I'm fine with panties. But do you, like, do you talk to other men about panties? Because like, I don't know what to say in that situation if some guy's like, "Look at that girl's panties." Like, <laughs> no, dude, I'm not gonna like stick my head down there. Like, I'm not <laughs> pretending to yeah, pick something up off the floor. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't usually ever. Uh, no, I don't know. The last time I talked about a girl's panties with a friend of mine. Right. That's why for me it's number two. It's like having to be around other people who say it. <laughs> I don't know uh, I, because I don't know what kind of response I'm supposed to have here. <laughs> uh, my number one, it's a personal thing, but it's just the word um, 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 hmm. um. It's kind of weak. I'm gonna be honest. I, with you. I don't know what I'm gonna say. So uh, um, I like you and um 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 um. It's the worst gap filler word filler that there is in the English language, and it bothers me. You have more of a problem with um, though, than you do with like. Like people always saying like. Like is terrible as well. You know what? I'm going to give that an honorary 1A. But, uh, yeah, like and um are, are just terrible. My number one is tequila. 
because I can't hear someone say tequila without being like, "Oh man, I love everybody's tequila. got a bad experience." But like, as soon as someone says the word tequila, I still feel like a little sick inside. Yeah, I, I get that way about tequila. For two stories, one of them was your fault. So, what happened to you? What happened with us and tequila? Oh, I, something with chicken wings and oh, microwave tequila. Right. This motherfucker's like, let's do a chicken wing shot. Oh, wait, it has to go in the microwave for 10 seconds. Yeah. You, you ever drank warm tequila with a chicken wing in it? It's disgusting. Can I tell a story? It's your podcast. Oh, it's ours. I consider it to be <laughs> ours. I used to be a bartender at a college bar, and people would always come in, and they'd be like, what should I get? Like, make me something. So I would take whiskey. Well, whiskey, put it in the microwave for 10 seconds, instantly ruins someone's day. I've never seen anybody hold it down. If somebody was like, wouldn't do it to people who weren't being jerks, but if somebody was like an asshole, like, here, let me make you something and microwave whiskey for like 10 to 30 seconds, never seen somebody like be able to hold that in. I mean, people actually like did it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can almost, I can almost lose it just thinking about it. It's the yeah, most that's... disgusting thing in the world. Oh God. Okay, let's move on. What what's yeah. in your honor? I'm like just thinking about it, I can feel like my stomach rising. Okay, yeah, what's your uh... Oh God. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm just gonna move on. Uh splooge. Oh mucus, yeah. Oh, uh, I got that one. Ooze. Uh curate. Uh flaccid secretion. Tofu. Uh, crevice. Oh, yeah. That's a, I don't like that word. Uh, maggot. Yeah. And for some reason, this is just me, but the cigarette has always bothered me. Cigarette does? Yeah. It's just one of those words that's, it's too long for some reason. Like, you couldn't have called them anything else. You had to call them a five-syllable word. Referendum. Same thing. I I actually like the word referendum. Referendum. How do you do syllables? Did you, did you learn the clap method? Referendum. No. I learned the finger method. What's the finger Referendum. method? Referendum. You didn't learn the clap? Referendum. No. Onomonopia. Holy crap. <laughs> Onomonopia. That's got seven syllables. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. All right, I got I got some honorable mentions. These aren't necessarily words that I just I don't really like the word. I just get tired of hearing them. Uh, okay. Woke. I hate woke. Oh. Like ah, it's the new millennial where everything was like put into the story or the news headline like millennial, woke. Like just a word to piss people off. Whatever okay. side about things you're on, like that just pisses people off. Uh, <laughs> spew. Spew. Yeah, spew is good. Guac. I hate it when people say guac. <laughs> I will give it a guac. Foodie. Precocious because I don't know what it means. <laughs> okay. People say precocious and I don't know what it is. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. Send us a comment on social media. We love hearing from everyone. And let us know what you think are some of the worst words. I know people are going to say moist, but I feel like that's overused now. 
Like, that's the go-to for a lot of things. So I kind of think that it's been phased out. But if I'm completely wrong about that, let me know. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.